moral of that is there's always a solution. You don't go in thinking that's going to be what you're going to have to do because you're like, ah, oh, well, if we can't sell it, you know, we'll just rent it or something like that. You know, it's like, that'll never happen. But the reality is sometimes, you know, we can't control those factors around it. Talking to next year, looking at next year, there will be a general election, there will be a change in government. No matter who's in, they're going to have to push the housing delivery market. So um, I do think good things are coming for property, mm. for property next year. Hello and welcome to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook. And we are here at the end of 2023. So in this podcast, we're going to be looking forward to 2024 and making a few predictions. Something that we're looking into the future. We're, these might not be accurate, but this is what we're thinking is going to happen in the market. Okay, from speaking to brokers, speaking to our power team members, looking at the market ourselves, looking at history and what that sort of said. Um, so we're going to have a look at bill cost side, interest rate side, housing market side, all sorts. Okay, so yeah, where should we start? Uh, well, I think that before we start going into those, I think it's an interesting time of year, isn't it? Coming up Christmas, New Year, it's obviously a natural time to reflect on you know what's happened in the market and what's happened everywhere, um, but also to then look forward to what you want to do and plan for next year. Um, obviously, around that, there's been a lot of a lot of things in this last year. Let's discuss some of the things what have happened this year. You know, like one of the main things, I suppose. I, I mean, you mentioned build costs and labour rates. I'd suggest that they were probably not so much this year. Last year, build costs were definitely yeah. That last year was a, the big one. You know, we saw the price hikes in materials and all those kind of things, and also labour when it was taken out the market, i.e., the big house builders were building like it was hard to get good labor at good prices obviously everything is supply and demand isn't it yeah you know um when we look at you mentioned covid there with materials and um you know look at the one everyone will resonate with is bags of plaster yeah when there was no supply because they weren't making it anymore and people still had home projects they were doing and things like that you know it was a five pound bag of um, thistle plaster or whatever was going for bloody hundred quid or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, on eBay, people are trying to vlog it. So, yeah, 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 and it's probably an out of date bag anyway. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but that's that's supply and demand, isn't it? And then the same happened with labour. Um, when the good labour gets taken up by you know the the good rates are being paid on the big site builds and things like that, then there's not that good qualified labour in the SME market for extensions and small builds. So then other people come up because they see it as an opportunity to fill that gap. Yeah. And then you get in people who are less qualified, still earning good day rates um, in, in, in big boom times, don't you? So, you know, that's what was more 2022, I guess. So then 2023, that settled a little bit. We'll talk about, you know, what we think for next year of that. But the big one, I suppose, this year has been more your interest rates, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think we will talk about the, the build side again, but I think there's been a lag as well of the expectation from labourers and people on sites that they're not seeing that actually prices are decreasing and still they're still demanding the higher prices. So there's always a lag when when things change. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, the lag is basically it's a uh, correction, the, yeah, isn't it? The market doesn't move as fast. Yeah, well, the, the 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 market filters through, and then people will try and charge those day rates until they can't charge charge them anymore. And then naturally, this is why house prices move, isn't it? Because, you know, people obviously all still want the same price, but the market dictates what the value is because of how many people are trying to buy it, basically. Yeah, and I think on the land value, then that's that's another lag that's happening. Like, obviously, prices are coming down, but the lag is people's expectations that their site is still, they're still up here. Even though prices come down here, the lag is that they start to realise the site's not selling. People are not offering as much as they used to. People aren't buying as much on they're not looking to buy as much at the moment 
even though next year is a buyer's market. And we've seen it before. We haven't had a recession, but in the back of a recession, 2008, 2009, during that, I suppose, actually not at the back of it, but during that recession time, that's when the best time is to buy, when prices are low. Because when they come back up at the end, as everyone knows, and I'm not teaching anything new here, well, maybe, but I'm not teaching anyone anything new in terms of that if you buy right and it increases in price, there's more profit to be made. So, um, yeah, certainly think that people's expectations are starting to come down now. They're starting to get there. And this is why we're sort of saying pipeline is a massive thing. You've got to be putting your offers in now, beginning next year, because when the realisation that the, the land isn't selling at the price they want will be March, April, May, and that's when... The, the, the site you've offered on will get accepted hopefully the difficulty is is always to move against what other people are doing yeah the reason that the house prices and the market's coming down is because there's less supply and demand you know there's less people trying to buy it hence yeah. the expectation of the seller has to eventually after the lag drop but the the point of that is is you're if you're then in the market to buy you're doing the opposite to what everyone else is doing which is what's driven the price down yeah so and it's hard to do that it's hard for people to commit to going against the grain, if you like, but quite often they are the best times to do yeah. something like that. So, you know, you have to understand the variables. So, you know, just going back to then the the, um, the interest rates this year, um, well, do you want to just run through and recap on what's happened over the last few months with that? Yeah, so um, as of the time of recording, this is the 15th of December. So yesterday was the 14th of December, obviously, but um, they held the interest rates again. So the Bank of England held the rates at 5.25%, which is great for the economy. Um, obviously, ho- holding that that interest rate for the next, for the last, what, th- three months? Four, it might be four months, but three months at least um, has given buyers a bit more um, belief that the, the prices aren't going to keep in- increasing. So I do believe next year they will start to flatten. I think we are at a peak at the moment and they'll start to flatten. And that's not just from my expectation. That is from lenders' expectations. That is from brokers we're talking to. Um, They're saying towards the end of next year, it might take a little bit of time, but from the end of next year, we're going to see those prices starting to drop uh, in interest rates. They're not going to drop to what they used to be um, last year and the year before. I think the norm is going to be around about 4%. And that's where people are talking about and it's not just us talking about that it's all sorts of people talking about four percent as well and yeah that's going to give people the confidence again to start buying and that's why people haven't been buying ready-built property at the moment because interest rates were just going up and up and up and it's been unaffordable to do so so prices are coming down of houses uh, house prices because that's the only way people can sell is they've got to drop the price to be able to make it affordable still uh, excuse me and then um yeah, the, the interest rates being flat, that's going to then bring the prices back up again. And yeah, the, the house price is always going to be up and down. Like it's a constant flow, but over time, over 10 years, it's always going to increase. Okay, I don't think there's been a 10-year period where it's decreased in 10 years. It's always increased. So it doesn't matter really when you buy. If, if you're buying for the long term, it's always going to be a benefit in property. Yeah, I think on that, um, you've got the same lag there. Um, you said that you know people won't buy because the interest rates were going up. But it's the fear factor, isn't it? Yeah. They don't know what's going to happen in the next three, six, nine months. And whenever there's a big shift and a big change in any condition like that, just like we talked about with you know the the factors before the house, the, the house market, um, people sit on their hands because they want to see, they want the proof, they want to, you know, they're they're fearful. So fear freezes people. So and that affects the market even more then. 
but people don't like to be frozen for long. So we saw that in COVID again. We, you know, obviously we're always going to keep referring back to COVID. It was a massive thing that only happened recently. But you know, people stopped when COVID happened. But then after a while, they get fed up with it, don't they? And they started doing all extensions and things. They get fed up with being locked in and told what to do. Um, so what we saw earlier this year is that people froze. They didn't want to buy. They didn't want to move. They just sit on their hands for a bit. But then after three, six months, you know, things settle down. The the rate doesn't go up anymore. It levels off. Then it maybe come down a little bit, like you were just saying there. And you mix that in with the people have been fearful for six months, maybe nine months. Then it gets to 12 months. And then that's what will regenerate people buying again because you know, people just don't want to be stuck like that forever. You know, they've got to get used to it. It's a shock factor. Or they were paying next to nothing. Then it's gone up and you feel the pain. But then after six months, you realize, well, that's kind of the new normal. That's what it should be, really. And, you know, you get used to it, don't you? And then you work out your figures. And what wasn't affordable six months ago, suddenly you got your head around it a little bit more and you've rejigged your finances and you realize that, well, you can really afford that if you really want to. Yeah. You know, but it was the fear that it might double again, you know. and It's the, like, it's kind of the elastic band analogy. If you keep pulling, pulling, eventually you'll break. You've got to have a resistance. So the 5.25% is probably the resistance at the moment and then it'll start dropping and ease off a bit and that's where people yeah, go and buy. But the benefit of people not buying is that rental has been such a demand recently, hasn't it? We did an episode basically on the rental increase and the demand for rents was, yeah, went through the roof. Um, so that's been a benefit. So again, supply and demand, if people aren't buying they're going to be renting more. So if you're in a, if you're a landlord and you're looking to rent or you're looking to uh, become a, uh, a landlord, you can charge a little bit more rent. Okay, the market rate for rent was going up, and that's happened recently on one of our sites, isn't it? Yeah, so that's um, the finding site that we've probably talked about on here. You forget what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a clue what we talked about a few weeks ago. If you're a new lot, to the podcast, yeah. we've got, what, 50... Three, 55 yeah. episodes previous to this one. So yeah, yeah, there's loads we've been talking about. And lots about. of people have, have been talking to us lately, you know, coming on the three-day course. Um, we went to an event, a uh, TDN event the other day. Lots of people are coming up saying, yeah. oh, I've been listening to them all, listening to them all. And you, you're listening to them in a short period of time, a lot of you. And, you know, we, we recorded these a year ago. I kind of forgot what we talked about. But, you know, we, that, but also we talk from our heart. We talk about what we're talking about, what's relevant to us at the time. Um and I have no idea why I'm saying this. So <laughs> oh, rent, that was it, yeah. Um, so rent, in our um, finding site, Lloyd's point there is that, you know, our first, we talked about this at James's event, actually, yeah. our, our first um, exit, if you like, was to sell them. It was a, a build-to-sell site. But some of those factors we've just been talking about were relevant throughout it. Um, you know, the build cost did go up a little bit because of the factors we've just talked about. Um, the market softened and it just happened that we were on the kind of wrong side of the slope, if you like, weren't we? That, you know, those the bill went up because of those factors. The market was low when we came to sell. So we had a choice. You've either got to take a haircut on the price you're selling for because everything will sell at a price, you know. Yeah. And, and that was a, a, you know, we could have done that. But actually, the seesaw had happened the other way where the rentals were so strong because demand, someone's, everyone's got to live somewhere. If they're not going to buy, then they've got to rent. And, you know, when this is going down, this is going up. So, you know, that area would have probably been about three bed houses, brand new, £1,150 um, a month or something like that, roughly. Yep. And, you know, we've, we've got them up for 1400 You know, it's a ridiculous amount. 1450 was the so first one, yeah. 300 quid more than... The ceiling price, I suppose. Yeah. Is- but because and, and people are happy to, you know, they're yeah. like, yeah, that is, it's great. Um, Actually, the so- first people that moved in, 
they're renting, but they said we, they wanted to buy and they couldn't afford it. So then they're starting to rent, but they might end up buying the property they're yeah. in as well. So, you know, it works for both sides of the market. They need somewhere to live. You know, they're happy, you know, happy in the houses. But also, you've got to think from the renter's perspective that also there was four houses there, absolutely brand new. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're renting in the renter's market, quite often you're getting a second-hand property, always getting a second-hand property. Um, you know, the kitchen, usually out of a kitchen or a bathroom, they're on a cycle that every seven years they're going to get swapped, probably, you know, in you know one's going to get done in that three or four years then you're going to do the next one so you've always got a tired kitchen or a tired bathroom usually in a renter's market um you know or something that needs upgrading well these are brand new houses and they had a choice of four they felt like first-time buyers didn't they but they just haven't got to pay for it up front yeah. you know it's like it's like getting a car on lease since you know instead of getting a second-hand car you get to have a brand new car off the forecourt yeah. and you could choose which one you wanted but you get to pay for it monthly yeah. so you know they're, they're over the moon but for us, as you know, we've got gone to our plan B, which wasn't our first one. You know, it wasn't ideal, but we're just buying a bit of time till the market recovers, like we've just been talking about. And then when the market recovers, instead of taking that haircut on the price on day one, we've just put it down the line a bit, and we can still sell it in twelve months, eighteen months time. Yeah. So you know, as a developer, you want to have a plan A and plan B. You know, plan B is never going to be your plan A because it would be plan A else. But you know, you just it's uh, all right. Well, it's not worked. 100% like we wanted it on this one, but we've got an alternative. I think the, the moral of that is there's always a solution. Uh, and whatever pro- no matter what problem comes up, there's always a solution. But obviously, we, we have those kind of thoughts and discussions before we start as well. So if we can't sell it, we'll try and rent it. And at the you, time, you know, we always go into things positive, don't we? You, know? yeah. you don't go in thinking that's going to be what you're going to have to do because you're like, oh, well, if we can't sell it, you know, we'll just rent it or something like that. You know, it's like, that'll never happen. Yeah. But the reality is sometimes, you know, we can't control those factors around it. No. You know, there's there's always things mo- moving that, but you know, it's nice to know that we have got a plan B. Yeah, and I think on the topic of things moving again, talking to next year and looking at next year, there will be a general election. There will be a change in government. I'm sure. Um, I'd even forgotten who the prime minister was like a few weeks ago. I was like, someone asked me, I was like, I actually can't remember. But wow. um, yeah, but Rishi. My lawnmower is named after him. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird statement to make. It is a um, weird statement to make, mate, yeah. Yours is called Boris. But, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, there might be a change in government and we don't know what's going to happen then. We've recently just had um, the budget, so the autumn budget, which was saying that in developments, in, no, not developments, but in property, then there's some new permitted development rights coming up, uh, in play. But that might all change next year. Like, who knows? I think Labour were talking about delivering more houses but they've been a little bit anti-housing uh, previously but yeah we, we don't know what's happening in that sense we just know there might be a change of government but that might be good especially if the sales are low and down i could possibly see another sort of stamp duty holiday coming in or something to do with helping first-time buyers get back into the market like that could help okay so when there is a bit of a, a hold up then I, I certainly think that there will be something that the government will help because the ha- we have to be building houses. That's the beauty of developments is we have to build houses. 300,000 houses a year is what the UK government are trying to build. And I can't remember the last time that has ever, they've ever hit the quota. They've never hit it. And it's always been, yeah, we're short of that mark. So we're never actually building as much as we want to be building, which... Well, whoever yeah. whoever's in next year, they've got to keep pushing the housing side of it, yeah. you know. And we've been in talks recently with our planning consultant, you know, um, Stuart Vendy and you know they've talked about 
you know, extending green belts and all sorts of things, you know. So there's going to be a lot of things. And no matter who's in, they're going to have to push the housing delivery market. So, yeah. yeah. So that's really comforting as a developer. So I, um, I do think good things are coming for property mm. for property next year. Yeah. Well, they're do all going to make promises to keep pushing houses, aren't they? Yeah. So either way, they're going to they'll almost play each other off, won't they, to have a better better delivery package. Yeah, absolutely. So let's touch on the bill costs slightly a little bit more then just uh, before we finish the, the podcast. So we did so. Uh, what's happened in the past. So going forward, um, actually we're going into a cycle where I said coming through Finden, we kind of hit the wrong side of the hill a little bit. And, you know, we, we had to exit the way we exited. Um you know, we believe going forward, actually, we're going to be on the other side of that now. So you can sort of ride on the rise, sort of follow the wave a little bit. So, you know, you mentioned there that the purchase of sites, people are getting more motivated. You know, they've been in a period now where things haven't sold. They've been working down that lag to get to the point where we're buying at the right price. So that's point one good. Also, some of the bigger sites have been in that trail as well, and they're big juggernauts. They can't turn quickly, so they've been sort of like downsizing their sites. Stuff they don't need to build, they're not building at this point because, you know, they're probably worried about the long, you know, if they've got a whole site of 200 houses and the, the overall average of a house price is down then they're going to struggle to deliver those sites. They work on quite tight margins. So they're, they're not building what they don't have to build, basically. But then that follows through into the, you know, the, the, the builders' merchants and places like that. They've got shelves full of stock because they stocked up after COVID. They didn't want to have that problem again when they didn't have any stock. So they've got shelves full of stock. They're not delivering as much as they would have before. So they've got to keep, they're a business themselves. They've got to keep that moving. So they're going to be putting offers on and, and the material prices have come down a lot since that, that time two years ago, a year ago. Um, also, the labour we talked about, you know, if it's not working on big sites, you're getting that quality labour coming back to the SME market for extensions, for um, small builds, the sort of stuff like Finden. And, you know, they're coming back, which drives out the less qualified labour or at least the price of those down, but the day rate for either way is going down to make it back to more affordable. So you're, you're delivering, you're buying at a better price, you're delivering um, a better price with materials and labour, and then at the back end of it, we're already saying that people are used to, um, you know, the, the interest rates. So you know, the housing market will be generating some some speed over the next, you know, 12, 18 months, whatever. So the back end of your build, you're also probably going to get a better. Um, finished price as well so you know it's kind of the opposite to what we had yeah it's a win-win-win isn't it yeah absolutely so there's there's loads of things happening which it shouldn't put you off getting started in developments it shouldn't put you off getting started in property i think yeah certainly next year is a buyer's market and it's been banded around a lot but these are the reasons why like there's confidence in the market again or there will be there's Things I'm sure things will happen in the market where you can benefit from, like the build costs are slightly less than they have been previous uh, few years as well. Like they will eventually go back up again, I'm sure. But take the opportunities while they're there. Like I certainly think it's yeah, certainly a good time next year for 2024. But what did we say earlier? To do that, you've got to be going against the grain. You've got to do what other people in the in the property market are probably not prepared to do to get those deals. But when they come back into the market and are all prepared to do it, then that's when everyone's watching Property Ladder or whatever else and all the deals are gone and nobody can afford land again. So, you know, if you want to get the good deals, you've got to do it when other people aren't looking for them. Absolutely. It's the same with anything like we saw in Bitcoin when people, when everyone started talking about Bitcoin, don't buy Bitcoin when people sort Mm. of 
shy away from it a little bit and the prices come down again, buy again. I'm not, that's not financial advice, but I, yeah. <laughs> so right. yeah, look, we'll end on that note. Otherwise this could go wrong, but um, yeah, awesome. That's our predictions. Let's have a look in 12 months time if they were correct. Yeah.